Cool. Okay. All right, we're back to the Backstairs Podcasts. How you guys doing? I'm doing great. John, good to see you. Aaron, how are you? I'm doing I'm doing great. You're doing great. That's great. Just, just like John. Like just just like John. Exactly. Like pretty close. You guys are on the same wavelength. Neck and neck. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. And we're like, how you, how yeah. you doing? Good. 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 Like good. six point eight? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. apparently great. Great. Apparently. Apparently. <laughs> what about you, Scott? I am doing great as well. You. It is good to see the you. The last time I saw you. Uh, we don't have to talk about that. The last time I saw you, <laughs> you were just getting off of a great podcast episode. Right. Yes, that's exactly it. And I was celebrating. Yeah. Yep. Did yeah. you did you have a good time? I had a good time. Good. Yes. Yeah, we had a good time too. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. We did a little karaoke. Yeah. It yeah. was a great time. Yeah. It was I, fun. Yeah. I think we referred that we were gonna do karaoke. We did. Yet, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and we did. And uh to confirm. We did it. We Nailed did it. it. Nailed it. We sh- I feel like we should uh, say the songs we sung. What was that song we sang that John made us sing? Uh, it was More Than Words. Oh, yes. Extreme. Extreme. Mm-hmm. It was extreme. Yes. It was, I, it was quite extreme. I thought it was extremely, the perfect song to put you in for. Extremely terrible. <laughs> no. It was It was. I was, I was terrible. I thought it was great. It, it was you. something. It was something. John, you sang a lot. <laughs> oh, boy, did yep. I. Yeah, sometimes the host, man, it was rough for a little bit. It's hard because karaoke was going to start at 7.30, and at 7.30 when I went to start, everyone was eating dinner and didn't want to be sung to. No. So for a good half an hour, it, it was it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. It, it was an interesting karaoke crowd. It, was, it, was, a, it, it was, was a little different, especially for ugly Christmas sweater karaoke. Yeah. Yes. It, it was not. Not a lot of people were there to sing. No. A lot of However, people. I had a good time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great time. Yeah. yeah. Almost as good as the time I had at my wedding. Almost as good? Yeah. Wow. Have you ever heard about our wedding? I have not heard about your wedding, and maybe we'll get into that today. Well, I'm going to get into it right now. You are? Okay. Yeah. Tell us about your wedding. We had, we had a cash bar at our wedding. Yeah. But then it was not, like, when I say cash bar, the, it was paid for. So it wasn't a right. cash bar. It was right. a free bar. It was an open bar. Yeah, open that, bar. That'd be open. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, and it was very open. Very open. To the point yeah. that everyone was open. I mean, it was yeah. pretty. But it did start off as an open bar. It did. Well, I paid for a drink. That was that you should not yeah. have. Those were tips. I they just that, took I, your money I, as a tip. <laughs> Especially <laughs> as a member of the wedding party, you should not have paid for anything. Well, I, I got a drink and then they're like, this is going to be whatever it was five bucks and i was like okay so that was just some random person stuck <laughs> snuck behind the bar yeah. says hey i'm gonna make a little money here <laughs> <laughs> that 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 could have happened maybe maybe but uh yeah but there was a lot of drinking done that night yeah and uh i think i probably drank the least i mean like i the people that my the guests of the wedding drank really? quite a bit it was yeah. good and uh the next morning we said we would go to breakfast with Rachel's parents. And mind you, Rachel and I had stayed in Portland. Uh-huh. Rachel's parents said they, they were staying in Auburn, where we got married. And uh, we had to drive back at 8.30 in the morning. So here I am going yes. 70 miles an hour 
Is it, um, this is 80 like miles an hour idea. down the road and that uh, we had stayed up and done presents and room service and other things, wedding things, <laughs> other things, <laughs> wedding things. And Aaron, as he's well known for, uh, had completely decorated our wait car. A minute, to, wait a minute. The, to the teens. I mean, Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say that Aaron was there. He wasn't. I was not. He wasn't. No, I, I was not invited. <laughs> I think that. we had texted several times during the night, but, uh, no, but, uh, anyway, so Aaron had completely decorated our car. So I'm going through a construction zone, probably going 15, 20 miles an hour over. And we come up behind an unmarked state trooper. I go around them and get pulled over. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And the guy comes up and uh, basically, I mean, I should have got, I think I was probably going faster than that. Yeah. And uh, he said, you know, congratulations on getting married. Drive safe. And, uh, oh, it's it pretty nice. awesome. But yeah. Do you hand him a couple of condoms? I, there were condoms all throughout the vehicle at that point. Um, <laughs> that, that's what I, with one. That's what I mostly decorated with, with your, well, your condoms. So you nailed it. <laughs> After I went to breakfast, I went to get gas and I open up the gas door and <laughs> the condom falls out onto the ground from the. So Aaron's just looking out for me. Right. I, yeah, that's what good friends do. I, I didn't want any, like, you know, like honeymoon babies. You know, just. No. Thanks. Enjoy at least a month. I had quite the bride, though. She was she was pretty awesome. I, she, I, I, mean, I know your awesome, bride. I know your bride. You I've, met her, I've met your bride. Oh. I, we might have to confirm with her if this story is true or not. Uh, I did but, not get a speeding but, ticket or the the condoms. Or the, or the room service. Or, or the other wedding things you did. <laughs> I don't really want to talk about well, that. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to talk to her next time we see her. <laughs> and was Aaron actually there or not? Again, we texted, but he was not current. He was not there. Uh, okay, it, it's kind uh, of like a, a a tradition of ours to check in on each other during our honeymoons. Well, it's funny you should talk <laughs> about your bride. Yeah, Rachel. Rachel. Mm. Rachel Potter, mm-hmm. wife of John Potter. Yeah. One of one of one of our hosts here. Next time at we the see Backstairs her, we'll podcast. have to we'll have to ask her. Well, I, you know what? She just happens to be right here. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Aaron. Right, right here. Who do we have with us? I. Oh, I find right. it really, I, I feel like since we have cameras now, that it's a little silly to pretend like we don't have anybody in here I don't. with us. <laughs> I still think because it's like, shot. It's, I think like, they could just like, go up, like, oh, it's okay. They it's can Rachel. see that she's here, but you need still need to do the introduction. So that's, your, that's like a vital part of I, the, I think you should do it just because she's your wife. No, no. You give much better perspective than I do. This is, this I is your job, Aaron. We Hi, you I'm do Rachel. One Let's just cut to the chase here. <laughs> <laughs> it's Rachel Potter. Hi. The beautiful, the talented, the beautifully talented Rachel Potter. Wow. Oh, Hi. Nice. Yes. Hello. Oh, I've Rachel been here the whole Potter. time. So we don't know if she's beautifully talented or not, though. We do. He just said it. Oh, thanks, oh. John. Come on. You've got to listen. <laughs> John doesn't know if I'm beautiful. Pay attention. That's so nice. Rachel, so Hi. thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me. Rachel just so coming fun. off her first uh, on the stage Ever. acting performance. Mm-hmm. Yes. In the new uh, show that shall not be named. Oh, <laughs> oh the right. B. <laughs> uh, but Rachel is not, not new to our Oompa community. Nope. Or our theater community as a whole here in this area. Nope. Rachel. Hi. It's me. It's corn. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you why don't you tell us, Rachel? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Where you from? Cool. You know, you know, we don't need the 
the details on, on, you know, eight and, pounds, and 11 the, ounces the, when you were born or whatever, sure. you know, we don't need that stuff, but you know, Everything where, where you're from, what brought you to here? Got it. Okay. Well, hi, I grew up in Massachusetts in a town called Milford. I have mm. my parents and I have two brothers and I went to high school at Milford high school where I learned how to play <clears throat> the clarinet in sixth grade. So wow. I started playing my instrument probably a little over 20 years ago and still playing to this day, which is exciting. Wow. So I never thought I'd play for that long, but here we are. And then I went to college at USM for music education. I have my bachelor's degree in K-12 music education. I am a music teacher in the area. I am Mrs. Potter to those that know me around here. God and bless you. I, thank you. Jeez. Thank you. It's, yeah, he is yeah. the only one that helps me get through the day. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. You're not Mrs. Potter because of me. You're Miss, I'm Mr. Potter because of you. It's true. At first it was oh. that. It was, oh, I married a John Potter. And now it's like, John is, oh, you're Mrs. Potter's husband now. It's yes. been fun to see that true. change. Okay. So it's cute. Not only did you yeah. take his last name, but you actually took it. Oh, 100% and ran like with me. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My maiden name is Sholkoff, a very German last name, which I love. And it's very cool history, cool but it's extremely long to pronounce so potter is much easier and, and i love and the spelling being, must be tough too it was for a lot, little, e yeah. lot easier to spell oh potter. much easier yeah. to spell yeah. potter yeah. yeah and i love all the harry potter jokes i mean just great right so good oh my gosh right. yeah so she married you for your name yeah but you're skipping a huge i mean like why the well, heck are you in maine that's a good question well yeah i love usm i went to usm i auditioned there and i wanted to get out of massachusetts for a long time as, in high school as people are want to do get out of kind Massachusetts. Of. Yeah. yeah there's a lot of opportunity yeah. in massachusetts for schools and colleges and things and there's a lot of great music programs but i wanted to teach clarinet privately so i went to usm and took a lesson with tom parchman who's a clarinet teacher over there and it was amazing and he's an incredible musician so i wanted to study with him and i want to come to maine and try something different and so it's been a blast ever since so and then i met john in college too low point Oh boy. I don't know how far you want, guys want me to go on this story, but um, John and I sat four seats from each other in chorus my second semester in school because I had to take chorus for a couple of years. And uh, John was highly jealous of someone else who was flirting with me in the chorus. So then he stepped in and swooped in and stole my heart. That's and then, not how the story goes. Oh, oh, all right. I saved your life. You did, actually. That was true. That's some, a good point. Some idiot was messing with your hair clip <laughs> and I saved your life. You did. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Wow. Was he going to kill her with a ha hair clip? No. He, but no, she I was had a hair kill clip. Him and he I was saved unclipping my Yeah. It was kind of annoying. You're right. Yeah. But you came in and just like a knight in shining armor. I got you. Thanks, Save babe. the day. So great. Nice. So I think you're, I mean, just speaking from my point, like you, you're mm -hmm. super talented. Oh, thanks. Agreed. But like, right. At school, I mean, you have, you had quite the successful four years at USM. Yeah, I did a lot. There was a lot of playing at that time, a lot of teaching at that time. USM is really cool because their, their music ed program, you teach every semester. So it's nice to, I'm going into the classrooms of teachers in the area and connecting with them and getting to know them. So putting your name out there, I find is super important. So that was really cool. And then I was really heavy into playing um, pit orchestras at the time. I loved musical theater back then. I loved playing. And I was, my goal was to play on Broadway one day. That was like your high school dream. So I played as many shows as I could. So, you know, through USM's musical theater program, I hooked yeah. up with Ed Riker, who runs the program over there and played some pit orchestras with him. And then 
I did a lot of clarinet choir stuff, a lot of clarinet stuff. So I did a lot of playing in college, but it was fun. It was a good time. Right. So, yeah. so why music? Why clarinet? What, what, yeah. you got it. What a loaded question. Yeah. Um, I mean, I tried the flute in fifth grade and it didn't fit very well for me. So I gave it a year and then I tried clarinet after and it just stuck easily. And my teachers, you know, Michael Crowley was my middle school band teacher. He was super inspirational in terms of me sticking with it. I had a really great program I come from. And then in high school, I had great band directors who were inspiring and gave me every opportunity I could to play as much as I can. I was involved in marching band and jazz band and orch pit orchestras in, in high school. And, you know, I was really pursuing my clarinet joy and in enjoyment of that. And it was, I was something where I, I was a sports player. I played basketball for a long time and then I started getting into music and then I had to make that choice in junior year. So, well, I could either go full, full hole on music or decide to play varsity basketball. And I ended up choosing music instead over basketball. So that's a fun little tidbit about me. I played <laughs> basketball since I was like in fourth or fifth grade. <laughs> but, I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I could have, I could have been a basketball player, but yeah. I just chose not to instead. And my mother had really, she was really great. She pushed me in because she knew that that was a really cool talent that I had. Yeah. And just music and music's fun. I mean, it's something like the community is the biggest thing I like out of it, which is what I teach my kids all the time is this yeah. is a place for you to feel like you're at home. And I found my friends there. I couldn't, I felt kind of out of sorts in mm. sports world. Right. So to go into music and to play in band and to enjoy that community was really cool. So yeah, I think that's. That might have been why the reason why I yeah. really stuck with it, I think. Cool. Is it clarinet? Is that all you play? No, clarinet's my primary. I played that for a long time, and then I got into bass clarinet in college, and then I played alto tenor and barry sax in college and high school. Because when you're a reed player in the pit, music in a pit, you get like a reed book, and it encompasses a couple different instruments. It can be right. flute clarinet. It can be clarinet, bass clarinet, tenor sax. It can be a combination of things. So I just learned how to play the saxophone, and then which is semi decent after you play the clarinet if you're a music nerd you kind of get it but and then i try flute a little bit but uh, mostly clarinet bass clarinet and then alto tenor and barry sax are my go-to's there but i played a lot of musicals with just clarinet so yeah yeah i'm on the record for saying that there's nothing sexier than watching rachel play (laughs) bass clarinet john does like the bass clarinet, Mm -hmm. which is such a bizarre instrument to like i think but it's so uncommon but it's a good one you know Hmm. So, yeah. Th- that's considered a wind instrument? All of them are, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Good okay. job. You know an Thanks. instrument family. Thank I'm you. so proud of Thank you. Their you. You. music teacher they're me is like so proud of you. Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <I> <laughs> so, you're talking about um, getting into playing in pits. Yeah. Well, what is a pit for those people who don't? understand yeah I mean, we're question. not talking about an armpit here <laughs> or, or a mosh pit good question so, so yeah it's just a it's just an orchestra for a musical theater production is a pit orchestra we call it the pit orchestra because you sit normally in a broadway you sit in the pit underneath the stage so anytime you're involved in the pit you're involved in the orchestra. actual pit almost yeah pit you're is, under the stage there's, yeah. li- there's lions <laughs> yeah. in there and snakes and stuff, right right yeah. In the pit. All, yeah. yeah the music director is just going out of town yeah, yeah. It's yeah, so that's what that means. But you're the orchestra for the for the production is what that means. So. Do you remember the first pit you played in? Yes. What was, what was the show? Yeah. Well, I re- when I was really getting heavy into playing clarinet, I got asked by another kid in high school I graduated with who is now 
Um, he music directs in New York and is really heavy in a musical theater. Um, his name is Sinai Tabak, but he invited me to play clarinet for Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat Ooh, in high school, um, which was a fun little show. Oh, I yeah. did that in um, a company called Enterstage Left Theater in Hopkinton, Massachusetts, which was right next door to Milford. So that was a fun little connection. I did a couple shows with them. Children of Eden, I did with them. Into the Woods, I did with them. And I played clarinet in those. Yeah. So, But yeah, that was my first show and it was fun. I was hooked ever since. You're I loved it. Still in school then or- I was in high school. Yeah, I was a junior oh, in high school. school. Yeah. yeah, I was okay. a junior in high school at that point. Yeah. yeah. So you keep going. Keep going with what? My shows that I've been doing? Okay. Well, I yeah. did write them down. Oh, go for so, it. So yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. I'm happy to do it. Um, so yeah, I've done shows in a lot of different places. So in high school, I did three shows. And then I, when I went to college, and also in high school through Milford High School, which is where I graduated from, um, I did Kiss Me Kate, where I played clarinet. And I think I played a little bass clarinet. And maybe some alto sax in that, I don't remember. And then um, I became this pit representer, representation, representative person. Where because you were a female? I was, well, <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I think I was the only one interested in like taking that role of like, oh, okay. what yeah. it was like to yeah. be in the pit orchestra. So they we ended up doing Rent my senior year of high school, which was oh, a fun, really? interesting, controversial kind of thing for the town. But I didn't play anything because I don't play electrical instruments. So I played the tambourine. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) But it was cool to be a part of Rent and like to see the town's controversy over the issue and their debates. And there was like stuff in the newspaper about us doing Rent. Oh, yeah. It was a big deal. It was pretty cool. Uh, 2008 or 2009, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So it it was, was, yeah, it wasn't totally normal back then. Like Rent was kind of a, you know. Well, taboo-ish, I guess. Because that show had been out 20 years almost at that point. Yeah. Or maybe just Milford in itself wasn't used to that kind of stuff, maybe. (laughs) Milford's kind of on the higher, wealthier-ish kind of town. So I guess that would be the case. But And then in college, I I did a lot through USM. I played in Wild Party. Um, I played in Drowsy Chaperone. I played in Into the Underworld, which is a first-time Holocaust theater production. I did... um, Pajama Game, I played Die Fledermaus, which is an opera, Triumph of Love, um, and then I had a couple friends in college who ha- were music directing in different school districts around the area, like Sacabee Valley, and um, so I did like Annie, Oliver, I've done, um, i trying to look at my list here, a good amount, I mean. How many do you think you've done? Um, 22 shows. 22. Within wow. like a 10 to 12 year period. I mean, it's not amazing i've slowed down quite a bit but back then i played a lot it was yeah, like almost I mean, two like, shows a year yeah, say, two yeah. or three shows a year depending yeah. but i also did a lot of playing classically on top of yeah. theater like it right. wasn't just playing in in musical theater orchestras it was playing recitals and practicing for my concert band and went ensemble music and just yeah, actively right. being playing in general so coming to burana yeah that was about, fun can we talk about that? sure so usm my was it my junior or senior year? I think it might have been my junior year. USN collaborated with the concert band in the choirs and all them and put on Carmina Burano, um, which is a famous operatic piece of music. And I was first chair clarinet in that. We performed that at Merrill Auditorium, which was really fun. Wow. That was a blast. Nice, yeah. yeah, that was super cool. A ton of USM faculty came and played. That's cool. And sang. It was really awesome. Um, that was a, there's a little bit of a recording on YouTube of it somewhere. Ooh, exactly. Sure it up. Yeah, it's fun and it's yeah. neat, but um, that was a really good time. I love playing classical music personally. What I'm trained in is classical music, 
But to play at Merrill Auditorium is really fun. That's important. Yeah, beautiful place. Yeah, where the Portland Symphony performs. Yeah. That was a cool connection it was, there. It was amazing. I mean, yeah, you to went. To put it into perspective, she first clarinet, she was right on the edge. I mean, she's right yeah. next to the conductor. Right and you have a full orchestra and then a full choir behind that. Yeah. And just, it, it was it was a really cool experience. It was yeah. neat. Shout out to Peter Martin for conducting that and Bob Russell for conducting the choir. Those are kind of like USM legends down there. But Mer- yeah. Merrill Auditorium is a beautiful. It's gorgeous. I, yeah. oh my I saw Bob Marley there. Oh, did oh, really? you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> they do tons of different stuff, not just Portland Symphony over there too. It's not the same. No. No, no, but no, the I venue's nice. Come on, I would have loved came, to see he that. Came, yeah. He came in on a giant shopping cart. Oh my gosh, he's too funny. Was <laughs> he singing Buffalo Soldier? No, I don't think so. No, oh, okay. Neither was he playing clarinet. Oh. <laughs> so, that would have been know, odd, to- I think. Totally different. You know, totally sorry. different, it's yeah. Totally different. Totally, but it was the same building. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the, the common, common thread. That's, that's the common thread. Yeah. yeah. It was at Merrill. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. But USM yeah, was correlated with the Portland Symphony Orchestra. A lot of our adjunct faculty that work there yep. are actively playing in the in the orchestra. So mm-hmm. my clarinet instructor was principal clarinet player in the orchestra. So like we we had those connections, which was really cool. Yeah. Which was another perk of going to school there because they gave you opportunities to be in Portland. So need, nice. needless to say, you've played a lot of music. Yeah. I didn't even list like stuff up here, but yeah. Right. You've played a lot in of a lot of pits. You've played in a lot of pits up here. You right. Know, I know you've been in a You've been in the pit for a bunch of shows that I've been in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you've been in a bunch of sh- pits that <laughs> of the shows that Aaron's been in. You, right. Both of them. The two, yeah. <laughs> well, one of them, the second one I did not. I acted with you the second one. Right, that's true. That's right. Yeah. Played a dude. That's right. As a lady. Uh, and, and we're almost getting there. Okay. Um, but yeah, so all these shows, musical theater shows, you've been in the pit. Have you wanted to act before never you never wanted to act never never cared about it i never thought i was a singer for a long time really yeah i just never focused on my voice ever and i never thought it would be something i ever wanted to try and then claire my interest in playing instruments has started to deplete the last couple of years as my teaching career is getting more involved and i'm music i was started to music direct too like so my avenue in theater has changed quite a bit so Mm -hmm. um but forever, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm playing instruments forever. And I might do that one day. Maybe my mind will switch because I have, <laughs> I'm impulsive sometimes like that, where I'll switch my mind on things. But yeah. um, no, I was totally sold on playing instruments until the day I die almost. So yeah, I was never like, oh, good. I'm never going to get up there. Well, that's changed now. Yeah. You got up on stage, as you were just saying, <laughs> here in, in yeah. Aaron's second show, and, mm-hmm. and, you, and you played a dude. <laughs> I, I did play a dude. Play, he didn't well, really play a dude. The original you, character is a man, but I, I guess, it, it right. was a woman. It that, was, you, you were playing a woman. Right. A, yes. A uh, manly woman, maybe. <laughs> I, I would a, say. A gruff. She wasn't. Yeah. She wasn't manly. Rough around the edges a little. A little rough. A little the rough. poor woman went to jail. But, for so say, so yeah. tell us about that. How how did that happen? You You went there to audition <laughs> on purpose. I did not. But, <laughs> so let's hear that story. <laughs> I wanted to just go and see my friends during auditions. So I walked in and then they, they just needed someone to read for Barfay, um, which was shout out to my new bestie, Zach Balcom. He played Barfay in our show. But um, I just read for that one that one night and Kristen and Kempson were like, oh my gosh, she needs to come back. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> okay, sure. 
and just kind of praying on it. And I was like, all right, well, if this is meant to be, I'll get a role. And there, and I came back for callbacks just to hang out with my friends because all of you were my friends. All of you are my friends and you guys were all there. I was like, I'll just go hang out and see what happens. And then Kristen offered me <laughs> the role of Mitch Mahoney. And I was like, well, all right, let's go. And I was pretty jazzed about it. I didn't know what was happening, but I, I'm glad that I said yes to it, I think, you know, but I wasn't sure at the time. Well, I'm pretty glad. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I, you I knew said it. Yes. I was at that audition and I knew she had to be in the show. <laughs> but, <laughs> Thanks. But uh, yeah, tell, so this is your first show. Get, mm -hmm. Let's get into it. How was it? How'd you start out? What What did it feel like to start out? You're, yeah. You had to sing. I did. Yeah. Dance. You, yeah. you weren't playing any clarinet. You had to do some <laughs> dancing. You had to do some acting. Sure. So what was that like? Yeah, it all came a little bit easier than I thought it was going to. I mean, I have musical experience. I'm not, oh, I had to yeah. sing in college. I got trained to be able to match pitch and sing. You know, I have musical ability, but I never practiced it to use it to perform. Mm -hmm. So to try to do that, it came a little bit easier than I thought it was going to. And I was really intimidated by my lower voice. I have kind of a lower tempered kind of voice. I'm an alto. Some people may call me a con contra alto. I don't know what that whole verbiage is there, but, um, so I was I wasn't sure how it was going to go. So I was actually kind of thankful that the role was meant for a male tenor at first. So then my voice could kind of match yeah, the solo right. song a little yeah. bit. So when I was listening to the soundtrack, I'm like, oh, I can easily sing along to this. Great. And then, you know, the line the line memorization was my biggest worry. Oh my gosh, I'm horrible at remembering lines. Like it was really oh. bad. <laughs> like my memory is terrible. <laughs> so how am I going to do that? And uh, there's minimal dialogue for that character, which was great. Um, so it, yeah, it was, it was not, it wasn't intimidating, but it wasn't horrible at the same time. It was nice to be with my friends too and yeah. to meet other people, like meet Zach and right. everything. And that was really fun. And it was just easy to have a good time. Right. Um, and Kristen did a nice job. Like she was really wonderful. Like anytime I needed help with blocking or figuring out how to act on stage, she would model that. And I appreciated that quite a bit because I'm a visual learner. So it was nice to have the help that I can. And I'm used to, you know, seeking the help if I need it. So right. that was helpful that Kristen was welcoming and everything. So yeah, it actually went better than I thought it was going <laughs> to. So I guess I proved myself wrong once again, like I always do. So yeah, it was good. Proved yourself wrong. You thought you were going to be horrible. Or, or I just thought it was going to be really difficult to yeah. learn. I did not think it was going to go over well, but it ended up going a lot better than I thought. And I embraced the role in a way I didn't think I did. <laughs> I, I could resonate a little more with that role too. It's kind of cool. how, how do you mean? Like a tomboyish kind of girl who yep. been to prison. Know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's not me, but, <laughs> but like I, you know, I'm not, I am very more tomboyish than I am feminine in a way, I guess. So, you know, sitting on a stool and just kind of slumping, like that's my normal. <laughs> sitting yeah. So like being able to take that, and then resonate that with that character was helpful to kind of bring it to life a little bit because I didn't know how Michelle Mahoney was going to really do right. or what, how she was going to, her demeanor was going to be. So I was like, well, I'll just do what I am. Cause Kristen had suggested that and just kind of ran with it. That made it easy too, a little bit. I didn't have to act like totally different than I normally am. Yeah. So, which I think maybe would have been a little harder. Maybe like I see like John doing like, Aldolfo, which is totally different than him. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how I could have. Is maybe, it though? yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the accent right, was different. Yeah, he does bring Aldolfo out from now and then. If anyone wants to know, 
John does bring Adelpho up. He's a bit of a Lothario. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. So it was a lot easier to learn than I thought. So I'm I'm pleased with the experience. Mm, One thing you got to do is your brother, Scott was able to orchestrate your brother being one of the volunteer spellers. Yes. My brother, Max. That was awesome. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to sing. Because I knew the last speller that got out was my solo song. So I was like, I have to sing to him. So I saw Scott. I was like, Doug Panch, you need to make sure that he's last. (laughs) (laughs) Which was fun. So that was cool to sing to him. And I think he really liked it a lot. And there's a moment in my solo about, you know, don't embarrass your mother, which is my mother as well. So that was fun to <laughs> literally look right at her and be like, yeah, don't embarrass her. So that was funny. <laughs> she was cracking up about that. So. Yeah, because your parents were in the audience. Too, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I think Max yeah. liked being a part of that, too, which was cool. And Max is kind of a theater guru, so he enjoyed yeah, being yeah. on stage a little himself. So that was fun. So, yeah. Uh, awesome. I know. Awesome. Well, I'm happy here. Uh, decided to get onto the stage and Thanks, out of the dude. pit. Thanks. But I guess uh, you're not going to stay out of the pit, right? I Yeah, this next coming season, I will be out of the orchestra again. You are? You're <laughs> yeah. going to be back into the orchestra, aren't you? Well, yes, in a different directing role. Directing, I am. Once again. Yes. You, so this will be your second music direct directing show, right? Am yep. I, am I yeah, right I did Godspell in 2019. You did, you did music directed Godspell. Mm-hmm. You are that a producer. Fun. I know. I think he forgets. I was there. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, we're, we're talking to, you know, the audience here. Oh, sorry. And, and he they was our producer. Know. I was the producer. <laughs> and, was, yep. and she music directed wonderfully. Thanks. And she's going to do it again. Mm-hmm. And what, what are you going to be doing here when you music direct? What show is that going to be? John and I are going to direct and music direct Jekyll and Hyde, which is very exciting. So It's a little inter- interesting, I think. Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Husband and wife team directing. <laughs> yeah, which one's Jekyll and which one's Hyde? We're, we're I definitely Hyde, one. hundred percent. <laughs> You're the like the the evil monster one. Yeah, poor John. <laughs> yes. So you're the sane doctor. He is. He always is. The She's the evil reason. monster. Yep. I would have guessed the other way around. Oh. I would have too. Yeah. I mean, so depending maybe, on the day. So you know, but but maybe. there's a theme in Jekyll and Hyde that says the man that you run into the street. Do you know which man you're getting? Because every man has two sides. So in some ways, we're both Jekyll and we're both Hyde. Well, wow, that is deep. Mm. I just entered Inception, I think, at that moment. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you fell asleep? (laughs) (laughs) And my dream became another dream, became another dream. So I think. Am I awake? I don't know. I think if I got brought into this, I think we need to boast a little bit about what our plans are. For Jekyll and Hyde, right? Because sure, we can, yeah. we're going into it a little bit differently music directing than some other shows we've done here in the past. Would you agree? In terms of like you and I or just well, no, in just, general? Just your game plan for being able to, you know, your learning tracks you're planning on doing. And I mean, oh, yeah. You're going into it. Oh, yeah. Really I learned a lot from my from Godspell for sure. <laughs> <laughs> my, my learning tracks, yeah, are definitely going to improve for sure. <laughs> Even though people thought they were comedically funny. But. Well, you had, but even yeah. then you had wonderful learning tracks. You were so prepared. No, thanks. For Godspell. But I mean, you're really cranking it up for Jekyll and Hyde, I feel. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm going to really start after the new year and really plan and prepare. I'd like, when I listened to the music for Godspell, it was like about a little over a year before auditions, just really conducting in the car and getting all the right. timing, everything and making sure I heard which voices were what and what vocal range each song was and which character. So then when we cast, you know, you can prepare 
on who gets what part at what time. So when you walk into rehearsal, you have an idea of who's singing what at what time instead of trying to kind of play it by ear and go every rehearsal. So just being a music teacher helps this role a lot because <laughs> I direct yeah. I direct on the daily all the time, but I direct kids, not adults. So different, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Jekyll and Hyde is a different show though. A lot of solo work, a lot of big ensemble numbers too. Darker theme to the story. How so. big is how big is the cast? Uh, we're shooting for like sixteen. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Yeah, that's gonna be a good size. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So you're liking the music directing? I think so. Yeah. I didn't think I'd do it again after Godspell because it was new. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't sure how that was gonna. I did. I personally reflected on it for a long time and really wasn't sure. I, I tend to like be very hard on myself, so I'm like, oh, okay. There were a lot mm-hmm. of things that I could have done better. I didn't do. I'm not a. I, I, at the time, I didn't think I was a vocalist, so and I'm not a pianist, so those are some struggles, you yeah. know, with certain things in terms of rehearsals and preparedness that way. Or, you know, my pitch listening is not the strongest in the room, but it's an it's there enough where I can hear if someone's singing correctly or not. But so yeah, I think this this season being able to do it again, I'm going to definitely work on trying to make it more productive and more successful than I did the last time. But I don't know how, I mean, the music for Jekyll and Hyde is so different than Godspell. Godspell is everyone singing all at the same time. Yeah. All the time. (laughs) Or it's a solo for 16 measures and then everyone sings at every song basically. So yeah, it'll be a different dynamic of musical preparedness, I think, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fine. I'd like to continue moving forward and trying the musical directing role, Yeah, you know, and, hopefully becoming stronger at that. I think that would be a nice thing to add to right. my toolbox of things, I guess, you know? Cool. You got a pretty big toolbox. Yeah. I never thought of that. <laughs> Until you were asking me these questions, I'm like, oh, Quit there's a, a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. I just I forget meant, you know, she has things. lots of tools. Thanks. Uh, I, you know. Yeah. Excuse me. Pardon me. I know you. If you wanted to know what karaoke was like last week, that was a snippet right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, man. You know, I think this is a good time to take a break. This is when we normally take a break, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's take cool. a break. Let's do it. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, man. You know, it's just so annoying. Beep, beep. Being in dry food lines. <laughs> you know, when I'm in the line, Burger King, and they're taking forever. Hey, what can I get for you? I'm I'm always so thankful when I get into the line at Dunkin' Donuts. You are. Hello, they're, what they're, can I get for you? They're just so much better. I don't know what they do, but they are they're fast, efficient, you know. Have you tried the Dunkin' Donuts app today? You know, it's just it's something that's really changed my life, having the Dunkin' Donuts app. You know, I just order before I leave the house. Come drive up, say like I'm picking up my order for Aaron. DD perks, and it's, it's it's great. Your online order for what it, name? Uh, Aaron. Aaron. A A Ron. Drive right up. Um, sometimes it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, we're all out of Boston cream donuts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and uh, you, you know the BSP runs on Duncan. <laughs> Yeah, we would, uh, <laughs> we would run on Tim Hortons, but Duncan, you're good enough. <laughs> Duncan, good enough. <laughs> oh, they're going to be all over us for <laughs> advertising for him now. Man, well, and 
in full honesty, I actually don't have the Dunkin' Donuts app. No, I had it and spent way too much money at Dunkin' Donuts, so I get rid of it. Good call. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Is that a good advertisement for Dunkin', Dunkin, 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 Dunkin. Dunkin. If you don't care about your savings. <laughs> Dunkin, don't leak your cart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> And we're back. Yes. And we're back. Um, yep. Rachel, you... Hi. You have done so much we've mm. talked about. Um, yeah. You've been in the world of musical theater for years and years and years. Mm. And I was just like, just to dive in just a little bit and maybe like, just like dig. Um, just like, so what is it like being a part of a pit? Mm. It's very dark. <laughs> very small. Very, no, I'm kidding, <laughs> but it kind of is. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're cramped, <laughs> crammed in. I've been in a lot of, I've played in a lot of different spaces. It's like a big pit. There's a lot of people jammed into yeah. a small area. Mm -hmm. I think I've almost sat on Rick McAllister's symbols at one point because I was so close to him. <laughs> like, I think we've just crammed ourselves. <laughs> Shout out to Rick McAllister. But like, I think we've, yeah, yeah. I've played really close knit and I've also had a lot of space in pit orchestras too. At USM, we were in the top. That's right. There yeah. was like a top box in the yeah. very back of Russell Hall. That was where I played. That was like really hot in there too. Oh. So the temperature in those spaces is always fun to deal with too when you're playing a reed instrument. But And then I've played under, in, in front of a stage, under a stage. I've played in a cafeteria. I've played in a high school gymnasium, a high school auditorium. Yeah. I've played in lots of different locations. Um, but On the stage? On the stage, on the, good yeah. try. Yeah, behind a stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've done yeah. a lot of different places. Yeah, over the stage? stage? Um, I've never done over the stage. I've never I don't seen know if that I, done. I haven't either. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's ever a thing, but. I think I think we got to try it now. Well, sure. We just build a Suspend the pit from <laughs> the ceiling. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys word. are on wires the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like in the like, hanging suits. And it's like. <laughs> Perfect. Great. You see, see Rick work. McAllister in one of them drum sets like oh. Tommy Lee has from Poor Molly God. Crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does the flips. Does the. <laughs> That'd be, that'd be awesome. He might be in whole, on that, actually. Yeah. He might enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's a very close knit community of people. Yeah. And depending on your music director, you can feel you can really have a great time. Yeah. And love hanging out with people and playing music. And then sometimes you're just there to play music and you go home. That's it. You just get to check and kind of so, leave. Yeah. Depending on what you're doing and who you're playing with depends on. Well, musicians are odd people, I will say. And music teachers are odd people. And I love them dearly. But sometimes yeah. you never know what you're going to get when you're playing. And I can imagine acting on stage is also the same. There's a lot so. of characters in theater in general. Totally. And the, and the orchestra Imagine is just that. a part of that <laughs> as anything else, I think. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. I mean, you, you do have to really make sure you know the music more than just your actual part. You have to pay attention to who has what at what time. You know, if when, you're, yeah. when you have measures of rest, what's playing at that time and vice versa. When you're playing, you know, how are you blending with other people? What yeah. instrumentation are you missing? especially at Oompa where we only have a certain budget for a certain amount of people. Right. I've played multiple books at multiple times. Right. You know, I've played read one. I've had three books in front of me at one point, um, read one, two, three, and I'd have to cipher through which song I would play, which book in oh to gosh. be able to balance oh. all the different things that you need in the song, in the music. So you have to know the music very well. Your music director has to know the music really well to be able to decipher what's important, what's not important. Right. Um, and just like you have to, and you have to practice, you get the book, a month or two ahead of time and you have 
to, or you have a rehearsal on your own with just the music director and then you join tech week and you're just supposed to figure it out. Cause you're the professional musician coming in being asked yeah. to play with a theater group. So you're hired to essentially be prepared to play, um, which some shows have been easy to do. Some shows have been difficult to do. My toughest show is thoroughly modern Millie and it's in Scott Valley players in Buckfield. That was a tough show to play. Yeah. There was a lot of jazzy clarinetty things. It's a jazz show. So Oh, oh yeah. Gosh, yeah. And the tempos were so crazy. And I just like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a little over my head because I hadn't played in a while before that. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. I had to really, really, really practice for that one. Not that I don't practice for other shows, but you have to take a lot of time to sit down and play. Yeah. So I was practicing probably three or four hours a week up until that point and just really making sure. Yeah. Because even if you you go into a, re- a pit rehearsal, you're expected to have your part down, ready to go. When right. you don't, you look. You kind of look like, oh, crap, I don't have my crap together. So then you go home and you start practicing more. But but in the end, when you put on the show, it's it's super fun to be responsible for the music yeah. for the show. Really cool experience. It's, I do love being a pit musician. I do. It's, it's fun. <laughs> it's such an important part of shows. Well, it's, if you don't have it, you don't have a musical, really. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean... They put the music in musical. Right. That, that's true. You can definitely I mean, do straight plays without a pit orchestra, for sure. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Obviously. But. That was a joke. But <laughs> my jokes, no one laughs at my jokes. But <laughs> well, you but do, a musical, so you okay. can't. I do. I'm the only one that laughs at my yep. jokes. But As long as somebody does. <laughs> thank, thank you, Scott, <laughs> for confirming that. <laughs> but yeah, the pit orchestra is a fun, intimate. I have, I've created a lot of cool friendships with people and I've also yeah. like got to do a fight once with someone in a pit orchestra. Like what it's just. Did you like nail them right upside the head with your clarinet or well I, it was just me and a couple of friends just having fun and trying to enjoy ourselves and someone was just taking it a little too seriously and called us out for having a little too much fun and uh-huh. so i snapped back and i'm like this dude it's, it's just for fun just chill out it's okay and some people don't look at it that way some people some musicians are odd like that where they take everything 100 million percent seriously yeah. and it has to be perfect all the way through but musical theater mm-hmm. when you play in an orchestra it is not perfect ever well, it's, it's live. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. You're yep. You're trying to catch up. You're slowing right. down. You're just yeah. trying to keep pace of what's actually happening on the stage. Sure. And I think it's important for pit musicians and music directors, especially, to know how your vocals communicate with your pit orchestra and vice versa. Right. I I am looking forward to trying to, you know, encourage the upcoming singers on how to make sure you're listening to. The orchestra and what they have to do, along with the orchestra being responsible to listen for what you have to do. Because I've been in a lot of shows where the vocalists just sing their thing and the pit's just expected to follow along. But there's a lot of things in our music that we have to wait for you or for the singer. Right. Or or like there's stuff that you need to be listening for us in order to know when to come in or when to sing a certain thing or when dialogue's happening or how long of dialogue you have. So, you know, I'm a firm believer that I think it's important that actors and actresses should know what your, their music is. And that's why I thought maybe my part in my, in Mitch Mahoney maybe was a little bit more successful because I had that experience to be able to yeah. learn the music a little bit easier um, and choreography and Marin Pinkham did an amazing job choreographing that show. Yeah, it was easy to did. dance to that. She made things easier. Um, but yeah, I mean the pit orchestra plays a bigger role than some people yeah. lay them out to be sometimes, you know, I, I resonate with what you're saying with the, um, I, cause I'm, I'm more a musician. <laughs> There's a cat. Watch out. Clawed right <laughs> into me. Oh, poor thing. You okay, Scott? Oh, yeah, she I'm, loves okay. you. <laughs> no, uh, I'm, I'm, 
I'm a music. I'm a musician. Yeah. First, like that. That. Yeah. That's more than I'm an actor. Sure. Um, and so doing this last show, it was actually hard because you. I learned the music with the tracks. Right. And then you're all of a sudden going to practice and it's just a piano. Yeah. Trying to fill in everything. And like I'm missing my my cues mm-hmm. just because I'm waiting for like the, the snare hit or right. this like one part on the bass or whatever. Yep. Um. So like when the pit was actually there, I was like, oh, my cues are actually super easy to find. Yes. This is like, <laughs> I don't even really even think about this because I know this. I sing. Right. You know. Oh, that's good. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's super important to have like when when you're singing it's like you're not just singing you're you're right. you're a part of something bigger than yourself for sure you know yep the even same. if it's just you it's definitely more than just you I yeah think. yeah even though it's my solo right it's not like i'm yeah i'm not actually up there by myself just singing mm-hmm. i gotta i got people behind me totally me out, so. yeah i remember then like before i would sing for mitch mahoney there's this little vamp and what a vamp is, is just a, re- it's an unending repeated measure until a line is said. essentially. Right. So I remember there were times that the, I would have to take the speller's number off and tur- give it to Rona and turn around and the vamp would go a little longer, a little shorter. Right. But knowing to need to pay attention to that you helped were- it where the pit didn't sound like they were on the wrong moment or right. I came in on a wrong, you know, it's like that. Where's the downbeat? Totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or just knowing what, you've rehearsed and practicing that and making sure you know what your part is yeah. and not just like singing whenever you want, expecting the pit to follow you. Yeah. Cause I've been in a lot of shows where it's just like, Oh, we're measure five now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I thought we were two measures behind or, you know, yeah. when poor Josh had to flip pages cause he thought we were skipping songs in one of our shows and <laughs> then shame, then show that should not be named. <laughs> like that happens all the time. I've skipped pages of music before just because, Someone's missed a line or missed a totally missed a song or we've jumped ahead. And like you said, live theater just does that. It's very important. Anything can happen. Totally. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun though. Well, we, we appreciate you in the pit. Thanks. You're very solid. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Well, when you can, when you consider other people when you're doing something, yeah, it makes life easier. (laughs) I think you can use that word of advice in any aspect of life, but in theater, yeah. it's super important to make sure that you know, like you were saying, you're involved in something bigger than just yourself. That backstage, stage managing versus yeah. tech versus lights versus music versus acting. Yeah. They all have to work together. And if they don't, then something's going to change. You in know? a community. Ah, mm. amazing. Is that what they call the community theater? I, I think it is. I think <laughs> or it is. it's just in a community of people. Maybe. Oh. I remember... <laughs> Didn't mean yeah, to kill that. Yeah, sorry. you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember no, I the second time that Oompa did a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. That was my first show with them. Yeah, we were which all... which one? The second time. The second the time. time. The yeah, second time. I was not around for the first time, mm-hmm. but yeah, the second time we did it, we're all sitting out back and the pit played, and <laughs> every night I watched Steve Jones because when you started playing, when the clarinet started playing, mm-hmm. there was a wave of oh. <gasps> <laughs> you like and not to slight anyone in that pit but you and your clarinet made the difference with like the fanfare the, the we didn't have any of that 
besides your clarinet in that show. Oh, yeah. And you did, you did all the fanfare and all of that on the clarinet. And yeah. Wow. It made that show. Could you imagine having a show that takes place in Greece or Roman times and not having fanfare? That's right. I put and, the uh, trumpet book for that. Oh, one. you yeah. killed it. Thanks. And uh, I think that kind of echoes through every show I've known you to be in that you're, you're not just like a background part of that sound. I mean, yeah. What you are playing adds so much to it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I you're, appreciate you're that. a character in itself without even trying oh, yeah. to be. Yeah. Right. So I, I think it was really cool to and then watch you actually become a character you know, <laughs> with, with spelling bee. Yeah. You became someone that you weren't. Yeah. And, and if I could just reiterate on that, you gained, you had, I don't know if you, either of you noticed, but the, when she came out on stage to begin with, before you had even said a line, you had the whole audience. I mean, they were rolling in laughter. Which is <laughs> yeah. The persona that you put on, you were never Rachel when you came out. You yeah. were this new character. Yeah. And, uh, and you, you maintained it. I, you never stopped. We talked with Janelle, maximum effort, right? That was a big yeah. thing from the first season. And uh, you gave it maximum, you were Mitch Mahoney the whole time. Oh, thanks. You had a lot of time where you had downtime in that show. Yes. <laughs> That was fun. How many, how many puzzle books did you go through? Uh, like at least three full <laughs> word searchable. <laughs> a whole two bags of double bubble gum. Yeah. I chucked a few lollipops. Yeah. A like, lot of improving there. Yeah. It was, yeah. Good, it was good that she was able to come up with stuff to do on her own. Because that was, that was you, right? That was not anything that you were told to do. You, Yeah. Yeah. That was me just trying to like cultivate what Mitch would have done during this whole time kind uh-huh. of thing. Which was actually really fun to do. I loved that part the most, I think, was. And the little things that, like, people would notice, like, so, like, Kristen's husband, Matt, would come, and then he would notice something from every, because you can't see everything on one show. So, every time Matt would come out with us after, he was like, oh, my gosh, I noticed you did that. Or, like, I would fall asleep at one point, and Matt noticed that, or, you know, just little things that (laughs) you just do for yourself, because I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I saw people i watched some youtube videos of some personas of mitch and some people just kind of sat and it was dark like you couldn't really see mitch until that mm-hmm. character came out and then so mine was like right in the spotlight the whole time you could see that character so i'm like okay what can i do to keep my character going keep my like be involved in what's happening so like i would do my word search and then like when logan would come up and be weird i would like look and give like a weird like the frig's wrong with you kind of look and like <laughs> go back to my word search or pop a bubble during Olive's solo because i really didn't care she was singing about her dad being go- like it was like how can i make her as much of a, a jerk as i possibly could <laughs> without being totally inappropriate but yeah it was thanks john that's nice to say appreciate that well, it's the truth. Well, John and I, I love how we just switched roles. Like John's always acting and I'm always backstage. And now John was backstage and I was acting. It's kind of fun. It was yeah. role this reversal. Sw- I know. Right. I love that. John was a producer for the show that should not be named. Oh, they know. Oh, yeah. okay. We might've talked about that. They, oh yeah. And they know that he loved every minute. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure did pal. Well, you do it again, right? We're not here to talk about me. Oh. We're here to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about him again. Don't worry. That's a good point. You've worked yeah. with you worked with a ton of. You've said all these shows you've done. You've worked with a ton of music like directors. I have. Yep. Yeah, and tons of different experiences with that. I have. Yep. Some, some are not. Some are just musicians. Some are music teachers. Some are actual music directors. Some that are just friends too. Everyone's got their own take on how to prepare. For things, it's a it's a heavy it's a heavy job because you're responsible for 
I don't envy it. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure in a short amount of time to make sure. And you have to try. There's part of it where you're physically teaching the music to people. And then there's a part of it where you're like preparing and prepping people to be able to practice and learn on their own. Right. So there's a balance between like spoon feeding it to everybody and then like, okay, go home and work on this yourself and encouraging them to go and practice themselves, <clears throat> which I am constantly doing on a day to day. It's what my job is, is I'm <laughs> giving teach out kids homework. How to, homework. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like a kid gets a song every week and they're encouraged to go home and practice. And every week they, you know, whatever, they move on and move on. And I'm constantly reiterating that. So Music directing is one of those things where, you know, you have to know everything that's going on hundred million percent. When you're like teaching music or you're teaching choreography, for example, it's important to consider what the choreography is for when yeah. you're singing. So like in Godspell, there is a song called Save the People and it's like in this four part harmony kind of thing. And if for community theater, when you have a select amount of skill levels and talents and things that you're working with, you have to kind of have discernment of, okay. What roles am I going to, like, what parts am I going to give? What's going to be strong? How are they going to handle singing that with the intense choreography that they had? Right. And still feel successful. And there were some songs in that show that I probably think could have gone a little better, but I didn't think about all those different blocking or choreography things at the time. I was just going with what, you know, what the music was saying. So sometimes going with... It depends on your crowd and depends on where you're at. I've had people who are sticking to the book 100%. Like, this is every part has to be covered and filled. And I've had some where they've kind of congealed certain parts and certain things to make it still sound successful, which is what you have to do as a musician and as a music director is make those calls and say, okay, what's going to make this show thrive more than just honoring what the book says? Because sometimes you don't have to actually do that. Sometimes it's okay to... right. Cut a harmony at some points if it's going to make someone feel, especially in community theater, I think, you know, professional theater, you can enforce a little more expectation. Not that Oompa doesn't have expectation. I'm just saying like, you know, to be able to create more fun environment, you can make a little sacrifices like that sometimes to make it feel like it's more successful. It's just finding out what, what is important. Right. You know? Yeah. And nailing that. And then we can add the, the, the sprinkles on top for sure when we get there but yeah no it's it's it's, it's a big un, like undertaking a lot yeah because you need to know everything you need to know it oh 100 yeah. percent. yeah not not just like just the music you mm-hmm. wish you definitely need to know but it's also like what's happening in the choreography like you're like you're saying or like what's the everything going on yep just because like i think back on uh on uh, can we, can we mention Bam a lot now? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> we can talk about that now. That's yeah, not let's the, do it. That's not the <laughs> show that shall not be named. No, there, like there's a the the end of the first act when we're uh we're jogging in place and yeah. singing, like that was a lot. That's hard <laughs> yeah. to do. I'm sure. It was, it, I don't know. It, we 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 did it and it was fine, but the first couple of times doing it. You know, you're out of yeah. breath. You're, and then running off stage because people are chasing you with, is, a <laughs> with a syncopated tempo. And it was, oh yeah, it was. Yeah. But I mean, we we did it perfectly every time. Absolutely right, because right. yeah. we're really great. Right? Absolutely, you know, perfectionist. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah. 
Do you think people think I was serious or? Oh, you're not? No, I, I, I am. You're, yeah, that's I am. I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering if like, if I said it like I had sarcasm in my voice because I didn't, I didn't mean it. If, I didn't catch it at you all. You know what I'd like okay. to talk about while we're talking about this? <laughs> that we, we all sang that part, right? There was runaway song, runaway, yeah. runaway. Runaway. And we are, we just, I mean, we were out of breath from what we were doing. The, the running beforehand. Yeah. And then Scott has <sighs> like a, have a drink. Would you have a drink and a pee? Have a oh. drink and a pee. We'll, we'll be, be back, back for act three. Uh, two. Seconds. I was always super two. impressed that he was able to knock that out because <laughs> at the same week, it was part of the blocking that we were supposed to look like we were exhausted. Yeah. I think <laughs> some of us were not. It didn't take too much it acting. acting. It wasn't acting. No. So, it was part of that. That's good. The whole time. And I don't think yeah. you ever got enough credit for that. Oh, thank you. Bravo. Thank you. Sir. Bravo. <laughs> no, that's the first time anybody's ever mentioned that. Well, uh-huh. and I've. I've been, wait- I've been waiting. I know you have, buddy. I got <laughs> <been> you. <laughs> I always thought it'd be funny for, for you to be like, have a drink and a pee, we'll be back for act three. And then he's like, two. And then you'd be like, all right, uh, we'll have a, a drink and a poo, and we'll be, <laughs> we'll back, be back, back for act two. <laughs> <laughs> Just change it all together, yeah. Oh, now you tell me that. <laughs> Come on. It would add to the music. Well, the the next time, yeah. Upa does spin a lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was such a success. We might as well redo it, you know? Why not? Absolutely. So, so you said you've had music directors that are musicians. Right. That are teachers. Yep. That are directors. Mm-hmm. What's the difference, Ayo? I th- uh, The way they handle rehearsals and the way that they teach their cast how to mm. sing. Yeah. I'm a music teacher myself, so I would go about it as I would run a rehearsal for my middle school band or a band I would have in front of me, which is you teach parts individually and then by sections and then you run those sections and then you work on things and then you add sections and add sections until you learn a song, basically. So it's pretty straightforward. You know, musicians, I've seen some points where they'll kind of throw what the notes are at that time and they'll kind of come in and listen to the entire thing all the way through, like, and then try to fix after and then directors um which i think are sometimes stronger in a way because they've done it more is they'll take both of those practices and in between you know talk about breath support and diction and all the different singing type things Mm. to help them not only sing correctly but act the part correctly because you are acting when you sing too it's you're not just yeah singing your song you are acting through that or you're dancing through that or you're block or you're act you know whatever you're doing through that song so directors i think do a great job is something a goal that i would like to achieve at some point is taking those two ends and saying okay musically everything works teaching it in chunks going through the whole song and making sure it's it's exactly how it's delivered but also giving the actors that success to be able to portray it on stage correctly even in a music rehearsal mm-hmm. when you're not actually acting it or you're not actually choreographing it you're giving them that perspective on how this song is supposed to be portrayed regardless of what you're doing and i i think that's a really cool perspective on that but yeah. also sometimes that can get a little overwhelming for people like whoa that's a lot to think about i just want to learn yeah. what my notes are you know so you have to kind of yeah. pick and choose when to do that how to do that what songs to do that yeah. When to not do that, what cast you have, what type of people you have. It's all about peopling, really. 
Yeah. You know, one actor can take all that where another actor can't or one, one yeah. part, especially in community theater, one person could be brand new and one person could be like, I feel like, you know, in, Spa- in um, Spelling Bee, all of us had different levels of experience right. where someone like Janelle or Cariana could have loved that director's perspective. Whereas myself, it's like, I just need to know what my notes I have so I can go home and practice them on my keyboard, you know, or like, you know, just learning how to balance that amongst a rehearsal and amongst people and getting to know people. Um, yeah. So I I like all perspectives. I think they all should tie together and mm-hmm. do that. And I think they all should learn from that. Yeah. In a way. But yeah, it's been and being a pit, pit musician working with those people, I've had to either overcompensate for sometimes or take on some of those roles and chat with other pit musicians about questions I've had or they've or the director's aspect has given me those answers. So like you do have to have that relationship with your music director as a musician and say okay right you know is a, is a music director communicating cuts are they communicating when things are being split and changed are they communicating tempo changes are they, com- are they communicating oh this song is not happening here it's happening here you know is that and then then when you go into rehearsal as a musician you know what because sometimes i've gone into a show where they've cut a song but i practiced that song and i didn't know right i had a time and i was ready to, and i was prepared to play that or it's like oh i could have spent more time practicing what was actually supposed to be practiced or yeah communication and peopling is really what it is in a nutshell yeah. with all the musical stuff on top of it i think yeah you know? no it's super important like because it's kind of like firsthand experience with spelling bees like we uh you came to a lot of music rehearsals and you didn't sing much Right, I, I didn't. Really need, I didn't either. Didn't actually. need to be there. Yeah, no. For, I mean, there was there was plenty of times I didn't come because I didn't need to be there. But there right. were some times where I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs. That's true. Uh, right. I actually practiced some singing in parts where I ended up not singing. Right. So. Right. But you know, yeah. Right. Which I mean, it it happens. It does. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's just the less we can make it happen, the better. And obviously, for sure. Josh and Kristen, you know, yeah. know exactly and, you know, probably feel bad, but it's, it's fine. I, I also think there might be a little bit of a camaraderie thing there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, oh, yeah, sure. You, yes, you didn't have to sing that part. And yes, you know, like, it, it probably was an ultimate waste of your time. But the idea of being able to be together to sing yeah. that, yep. I know in, in past shows, if I'm not in an ensemble number or something like that. I still like the idea of being able to rehearse yeah. together, you know? Yeah. Um, so there, I think there is that part of it a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's hard because we often think of ourselves going into that situation and yeah. this is my time. I'm volunteering my time. Um, but I don't know. I think there needs to be a little bit of a, uh, this isn't just about me focus. So it's, it's hard to balance that. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then how do you, justify when someone so like for me it would be like okay if some if if i was music director and i scott you had to sit during a rehearsal for 45 minutes which i've had to do a couple times yeah you know as a music director i would i would have a conversation and say hey i'm sorry that Mm -hmm. you know like it's just communication and justifying why you that happened or Mm -hmm. you know or the intent was there and it just didn't get there or whatever you know i just a lot of things i've learned in the musical world can just be solved by a little communication. I think <laughs> anything in life, I think can be <laughs> communicated, but even so, you know, I, time is very important to me personally. So, you know, 
I, I always like to make sure that people are know exactly what they're signing up for and know exactly what they need to have and the expectations they need to have. So yeah. keeping that yeah. is Scott, important too. Did, uh, no, did you sing it all in Spelling Bee? Uh, at the, the end. end. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of blend it in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well then that's a whole separate thing. Okay. Yep. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking like, oh, maybe but there was, I was going to be singing and, uh, but uh, Zach and uh, Janelle's number, I was going to be singing oh, in right. that. Oh, like the uh, at dude. the beginning. Uh, at the beginning, I was going to be singing in Pandemonium. I was supposed to get up and dance at oh, initially. Right. Yep. in Pandemonium. And you're like, I forgot about that. So you just worked yeah. yourself out a sweet deal. I. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of the number ways one fans. Sterles Braggett, shout out. That's how she <laughs> sold me on being in the show. Yeah. You don't have I won't to do make anything. You sing. I won't make you right. dance. You can have your lines written right there in front of you. I know. You did yeah. have a sweet deal. It, it, it was a sweet deal. But you had some speaking parts, though. Oh, I had plenty of speaking parts. Yeah. Right. Or, or but the, vocal, for most, like. For like, the most part, I yeah. had my lines right there. Right. But, the, you know, that is so. correct. Miss Park, that is yeah. correct. That's a musical number. That, that was a bit tough. Yeah. That was a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I want to take it a little different direction. Cool. Uh, so how long have you been teaching music? Ooh, uh, this is my 10th year. Teaching. 10th year. I know. And Bro. I it, know. <laughs> if we look back at the past. Can everyone hear the bags under my eyes? Yeah. Can anybody see them? <laughs> no, no, we cannot. Oh, thanks. So in, in the past 10 years of teaching, uh, it hasn't all been, you know, strawberries and cream, you know, it hasn't nope. been all roses and and unicorns nope uh we had to deal with uh some horrible times yeah and don't uh, don't say it you know that word that word that that we shall not name but we know what that (laughs) word is and can you imagine it's covid being he said it (laughs) how that was funny (laughs) did you teach music classes yeah well i had to over zoom yeah. Or, yep, in masks or what? I'm, I'm just what picturing, was that I'm like? picturing a Zoom class and all the kids have their instruments. Yeah. And I've done the, it, and yep. all the delay that everybody oh, has. Oh yes, hundred percent. So let's let's hear a little bit about that. I mean, are you sure you want to hear hopefully, about that? <laughs> hopefully, we can laugh a little bit about it. I mean, yeah. it must have been a wicked struggle. Um, yeah, but yeah, well, let's. Tell me about it. What did you, what well, did you do? Of, How did you do it? All of the above, what you just listed, was yeah. exactly what I was expected to do. So it wasn't I had to kind of come up with whatever. I was expected to teach kids how to play an instrument. So it was very, a lot of creativity, a lot of technology, a lot of new programs and things that we mm-hmm. had to, thankfully, we had the financial capability to purchase these things and to give kids, you know, access to Zoom and access to... um Smart Music, which is a musical learning website where you can get all different, like it's a whole online catalog where you can get all band music and you get tracks for every part and you can do practicing examples and certain things like that. There's a website that um, we called Sight Reading Factory, which practices rhythm counting and sight reading on your instrument, which sight reading, for those who don't know, is, is approaching a piece of music without instruction ahead of time and just playing it based on whatever your musical ability is. And so working on those skills. So teaching music, I've done fully remote. I've done partially remote, which means I have half a group of kids on the computer next to me and I have a half a group of kids in front of me at the same oh exact time. Gosh. 
Um, that was fun. So it was more of a juggling of, okay, you guys are doing this at this moment. And then I focus on them and oh. I mute. And then, okay, you guys are focusing on this. And I go here and I rotate back and forth. Oh, geez. Um, yeah, it was a lot. And the kids were... I had to act a lot, actually. So maybe that might correlate with how <laughs> <laughs> acting with Mitch Mahoney worked out decently well. Um, you had to with, act like you were enjoying yourself? or Yeah, or just like always have a f- smile on my face. And, you know, you're, I was there for the kids mostly. Mm-hmm. Even if they never learned anything musically, just that they could wake up and see someone that was excited to see them, even though they were sitting in their bed and they weren't at school with their friends or they weren't in the same environment they've learned to be involved or they were afraid to be out in the world or their parents were whatever situation they were in. It was my job to make sure that they felt loved at some point of the day. So I did mm-hmm. all that I could to try to make sure the experience was fun. So sometimes I didn't teach music. There were some days where we had John, I think has witnessed a couple of times I've taught at my house. Where, well, I had the know. unique perspective of two months of being upstairs playing video games while I had to listen to her teach. <laughs> oh, that's true. And I grew true. to know her kids and their voices and yeah. and their instruments. And, and they looked forward to being on video chat with Rachel for that, you know, and it was, it was amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but I think what was even more amazing than that is what happened when you went back to school because they, you had some pretty nuts restrictions. I mean. Oh yeah. True. Good point. Those, yeah. Yeah, once you get in, into the virtual world, you can get used to it kind of quickly. And the kids are grown up with that stuff now. So, like, they're so used to... They even know how to figure out Zoom and Google Classroom and all that better than I probably could have at that yeah. time. And which was helpful. But <clears throat> when you go back, when we went back into school in 2021, um, we had playing masks and bell covers. And kids had to sit a certain... And for band, it was the most... Ex- rest- uh, choir was the most restriction. And then band and then string orchestra barely had any restrictions. But um, the original restrictions when you went back to school was they had to be masked 14 feet apart indoors. Um, so I could only fit probably in that music room at the middle school for any of those that went to OHMS back in the day. At that point, you could only fit. I could probably only fit 10 to 12 kids. And I had 30 kids in a class. So it yeah. was I had four blocks of kids. I had to all be spread out. And so the community was lost that I built for a long time with those kids. Yeah. Yeah. That was gone. Um, the relationship building was very difficult to maintain. They hated playing masks, but they got over it. I mean, the kids were resilient, I will say. They were more resilient than I was, I think. I got I was kind of getting sick of all of that a lot yeah. quicker than they were. And they helped me kind of stick through it. But um and but then, and we had to play outside a lot of the time. Like I taught all of my elementary lessons outside. I couldn't teach inside. That was horrible. So my eighth graders right now, they learn their instrument outside and learn the beginners, <laughs> the beginnings of how to play their instrument outside. So trying to make that fun and enjoyable was really difficult. I lost a lot of like my numbers dropped. I used to have 85 kids in band. Now I have about 40, 45 of them. Oh, so wow. my numbers dropped in half, you know, so that it's, it was hard for the music department quite yeah, a bit. I mean, yeah. poor Dennis, couldn't have singing at all. He had no choir for a long time because singing was the most yeah. spreadable way to spread whatever you had. So, you know, for him to be able to get back into singing was really great to see. Um, and then band took a second hit. At least we could do it. It was just so spread out. And I'm thankful yeah. our string program didn't suffer too much because our district in particular at Oxford Hills has a very strong string program. So it was mm. good that that stayed alive <laughs> as long as it did. And I think... Natalie, my friends, Natalie and Kyle, I think appreciated that quite a bit. But yeah, that was tough to do. That was really hard. But 
I will say the COVID. we did a lot of like <laughs> Scott. <laughs> it's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that could be a song. But uh, I'm just like reflecting a little. Like we did a lot of musical concept practice. So they did a lot of music notation practice. They did a lot of rhythm counting practice. They did a lot of which is important. Very much so. Yeah, which is important. Totally. And yeah. now I have incredible musicians now mm. in my band that can do music. And no, and it's nothing against the kids I've had in the past because I love all of them. They're all talented musicians. But the, this group I have this year is a byproduct of all of that. And they are playing music I've never offered to my groups before. They're already playing higher caliber stuff just because they went through all of that practice. So I'm, I'm thankful yeah. for that experience in a way. But it was hard at the time, for sure. Yeah, I wonder if there's anything to, like, just, like, for one, like, rhythm is so important. Totally. Like, you know, making sure you stay in time or at least have, like, good time sense, you know? Right. Teaching beat is important. Super yeah. important. And yeah. how much of it. And, yeah. Do you think there's anything in that you learned through that that you're still applying today? Definitely having patience for kids is yeah. one thing I'm learning is, you know, there's a huge social emotional learning kind of concept we're grabbing now for that. Musically, I'm trying to focus more on those concepts in my rehearsal instead of just teaching the song to the concert, which is a very typical thing, mm. which can correlate to musical theater where you're just teaching the music to sing, to perform. Whereas now it's like, okay, why are we choosing the music we're choosing? What are we learning from that? What are the concepts we're taking so yeah. you know i just did a musical notation unit recently and now i'm doing a rhythm counting unit and i'm trying to give kids the experience you know on how to count rhythm in multiple facets writing it down reading it saying it out loud to each other noticing it in their music so just applying all those things yeah to rehearsals a lot more than i used to um i think is a huge takeaway from that and yeah. using those resources prior it just helped me to learn how to teach that better yeah. too that's cool yeah so that's really cool. But in terms of that, like that can correlate into musical theater too mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, so I'm looking forward to trying that with music directing mm -hmm. next fall. Mm -hmm. I think that's cool. Be good awesome. Cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's great. Can I, uh, thanks. Can I possibly get your hot take on a couple items? Okay. Um, I'm thinking, you know, coming off of spelling bee. Yeah. A, a big thing that we've heard from a couple different people, um, you know, are the, the, is the idea of ticket pricing. Oh yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, that goes hand in hand with a pit, right? Because right. the more we have better musicians, better pay. I mean, like it's a rotating circle of if we want to get people in the area, if we want to get people in the pit, yep. we got to raise these prices. We got to have the money coming from somewhere. Yeah. What are your thoughts on like the pay, the, you know, getting people in musician pay? Yeah. I mean, you want to, yeah, you have to pay them. <laughs> you have to pay them for their time and you have to consider how to act equally do that i don't think i think it, i'm glad that umpa has raised their prices for pit musicians <coughs> as of recent because i you know the amount that i would get before would not justify the time i took to practice at home or yeah to go to rehearsals and depending on the music director sometimes you have more rehearsals than others do so yeah. i think it would be nice to consider down the road what it takes to be a pit musician, why you're paying them what you're paying them, what they're actually responsible for contractually, and then considering, okay, what's that worth for someone's time? Mm -hmm. You know, I 
Personally, I think a weekend should be 350 a weekend, ideally, right? But you can't do that everywhere. You can't. It's, you know, some places have different budgets than others. And how many shows are you doing in a weekend? How long is the show? What, you know, does every pit player get paid the same? Do they get paid differently, right? It's a different. Yeah. It's it's an open bag, I think. But, you know. Well, obviously, women should get less. Thank you. Wow. Right. Are we in the 1950s here? Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> I don't think the triangle player should get as much as the drummer either. Right? Yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah, that's why the drummer plays the triangle. They just loop that oh, together. I see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, so we uh, don't. We don't. So just the drummer hire a should get player. should get more, right? Because he's playing two instruments. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. in some Broadway places and higher up theater productions, they pay by book that you play. So oh. if you're if you're reading. You know, if you're playing or a certain amount of instruments, excuse me. So yeah, you, if you sense. do six shows and you play three instruments and you're getting paid 50 bucks per instrument per show, right? That's yeah. $150 per show Yeah, times six, whatever the math is there. Yeah. So sometimes you can justify it that way, depending on how many instruments they're playing too. Um, you know, I, you can talk numbers all day, I think, mm. but you know, in terms of Oompa, I'm thankful that they, you're not going to get quality musicians unless you pay them unfortunately is what that is and i feel it's it's weird to say that because i'm talking to actors who don't get paid and i experience what it's like to not get paid to be in a production not that you have to get paid for everything that you do um but i think if you want people to commit their time and you want quality musicians who get used to getting paid in different aspects of things i think it's important to consider yeah you know raising that up a little bit more you know when i say 350 a weekend that's like that's not going to, I don't know how that would happen Yeah, in a community theater perspective, but you know, I think, yeah, you got to pay people their time for sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm always surprised on the, the level of quality that we produce out of that pit. Yeah. I well, mean, and it's who you know too. It's, it's yeah, for sure. And yeah. just like, here's, here's some pennies, please play for, <laughs> please play yeah. with us and and sometimes and that they is, do. yeah. I mean, Rick, fantastic. He's a great, yeah. he's a great drummer, and that's like a hobby for him. Like he yeah. doesn't, he's in a band. Like he doesn't yeah. like do musical theater all the time. And then you, you got know? like Danielle, you know, like one of like the. We can pay her everything and everything anytime. Well, that goes <laughs> hand in hand with my next hot take question: is that how do we? I mean, yes, it's great that we have Rick and we have Danielle, but if we sure. didn't have Rick or Danielle, right, we Ooh. would be in a tough spot. Sure. Yep. yep. And so my next hot take question is how do we cultivate a better community for the pit? Yeah. You know, well, how I do mean, we get people involved? How do we gain interest? Yeah. It is all about your music director. I mean, going in, like I need to have a select list of people who I need to recruit for this orchestra. Like I'm, I'm already thinking about Jekyll and Hyde and how it's a pretty traditional size orchestra. So already thinking about musicians, people that I know, which is right. why the musician world is so about connecting and about people. Like yeah. you can call someone and say, Hey, I'm, I'm, you know, that's usually how it goes. Hey, I'm doing a gig and I need, I need a clarinet player for eight shows. Who do you have? Or, you know, that there's someone who can play whatever. And you just call them and say, Hey, this is the amount for this many rehearsals. So like Natalie came and played cello for us. And I said, Natalie, this is an eight show production with three rehearsals for this price. And that's usually kind of how, you go at it, right? But at the same time, like, you know, when you don't have those little gems in the area, it's all about who do they know that can refer or who does, who does your music director know? But I think also advertising that, you know, like 
I think people know that we pay or that Oompa paid a little bit lower than some others in the surrounding areas. So it's hard. I mean, you, people have to make a living. Like I know like my predecessor, Blaze Spath, that's pretty, that's what he does a lot of the time is he just plays in musicals. And I know he loves to do it, but that's his source of income in a way. You know, people have to make a living somehow. Yeah. So it's a hard balance because when you have a tight budget, it's hard to justify boosting that. But if you want quality musicians, it's partly about how how much are you willing to commit for each show and also about who you know in yeah. a way too. And connecting with people who know. Like I know Kyle knows a ton, Kyle Jordan knows a ton of musicians he's worked with over the years. And I've met a lot of, you know, people over the years, you know, so it's about communicating again. <laughs> but and hopefully yeah. you're uh, creating a few new musicians to help out. Hopefully. In our yeah. yeah, that is an that's interesting cool. Yeah, that's happened where which leads me to my next hot take question. <laughs> Boom. If you had to guess, how many students do you think you've taught them their very first instrument in your career? Oh, my word. I mean, you must, you're getting up there. It, it doesn't seem like a hot take. I feel like it's Whoa. like a, a question. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I'm putting her on the spot. <laughs> that is a okay. lot. Okay, maybe that isn't a hot take. All right, strike it. 10-4. I want to know. I want to know your hot take about Scott's mustache in Spelling Bee. <laughs> oh my yes. God. That, that's a better hot take. That's a hot take. It's literally, if without the stash, there's no Doug Panch. With the stash, it's 100% Doug Panch. So I'm looking at Scott and he looks nothing like Doug Panch. But if no. he shaved and put a mustache, it's like poof, Doug Panch just shows up. I don't know. Next hot take. Amazing. What do you think about Aaron's naked upper lip? <laughs> Oh, well, it's not anymore, but I, poor guy, he was walking on the street, and we were going to rehearsal, and I screamed. I'm like, oh, my word. It was crazy. His baby face. I think you, I, you, I don't know if I upset you. I'm sorry about that. But I made no. a huge deal out of it, because I had never, I hadn't seen Aaron like that in a long time. I think since I met you when, when I first started dating John, I think. Yeah. You, you don't even think you really had a baby face a lot back then, either. Not, uh, not It wasn't often. much, yeah. Not often. <laughs> but John was like... This is the Aaron that I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, not to be more with. specific, I was like, it's not very often you see your first love 15 years later. Oh, yeah, later. that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you had a beautiful little moment there. Yeah, that's so those awesome. are Rachel's hot takes. Wow. Thanks for that. You're great. welcome. No problem. I, well, I don't know about you guys, but I've had a really great time getting to know Rachel a little better. Yeah. Learning about her, uh, her uh, career and... Thanks. Music teaching. Yeah. Music. I learned a lot too. Pit, <laughs> being in a pit. Yeah. Uh, you know, directing a musical. Mm -hmm. uh, and now acting. I know. <clears throat> crazy. Cool. It's crazy. Comes it's crazy. Circle. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing is, what is comes it, next. Is it that time? Is it that time? I, I think we're getting to that time. Rachel. What? We're a very questionable group around here and we have a very questionable person among us. Right. He's questionable and questionable looking. Uh -huh. Nose goes. It's not Aaron. It is Scott. Oh. <laughs> you guys didn't go for your nose at all. Like, I, did you want to be questionable? I Come forgot on. about nose, the nose. Nose goes. Oh, oh, there it is. Scott. <laughs> Scott's the, the questionable. I, I'm person. the questionable guy. But I did put on deodorant today, so. Nice. So he's not questionable smelling. Congratulations. No. No. That's great. That's so we're, we're going to end the show with, cool. our, with our strike. Ooh. Five questions for the guests. And Rachel, guess what? You're the guest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So here's your first question. Okay. First strike. Uh, what are you listening to these days? Ooh. Ooh, good question. I like that one. 
That is a good one. Um, I'm a huge Christian, so I listen to a lot of worship music all the time. So, a little more specific. Okay. Like you're not listening to How Great Thou Art from no, a lot of, Yeah, a lot of contemporary to- Christian music. Like Phil yeah. Wickham and um, The Church Will Sing has a really cool album out right now. Um, I like Caleb a lot, the radio station there. So, I'm kind of mm-hmm. jamming along to that, which is really cool. Oh, so you're about a radio. You're a radio person. I've lo- I'm getting to that. Yeah. 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 But I'm also really picky about my worship music. So I'm like, I turn off the radio. I put my music on. I turn it off. And I, but I'm I very picky. You've gotten your money's worth on Apple Music. I have. the same 10 <laughs> songs over and over again. I do. Yeah. It's true. Just buy the album at that point. Come on. At this point. Yeah. All I do You're is just listen to the same song over and over again. Yeah. yeah. But. Nice. Thanks. I, oh. I want to answer that question too. That's a, I like that question oh, a lot. Yeah, okay. A All right. Aaron, what are you listening to these days? <laughs> well, um, Right now, I am listening to the new Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> I heard that's pretty good, actually. It is actually... We talked about this last week, I think. We did. Yeah. <laughs> it's fire. It's, I've heard. There's a couple of songs on there that... Really I think good. I heard that from you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, probably. John, what are you listening to? I've been listening to the new Kid Cudi album. Ooh. The who? Kid Cudi. The who? Oh, Kid Cudi. <laughs> Scott Miss Cudi. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard that's it. the old heard one it. here. There's a song called Tequila Shots that really gets my, uh, you know, tequila shot part of my brain going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go, what, are you, nice. what are you listening to? I'm listening to podcasts. Nice. You know, Only? I'm, like, are you uh, no pretty, music? Uh, actually, no, I'm listening to Christmas music. Yeah. Oh, that's nine. also what I'm listening to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah. love the Christmas, Christmas music. Yeah. Once, thanks, once Thanksgiving hits, I like listening to Christmas music. And I like listening to a lot of my... Uh, Christmas music I have downloaded because I get a lot of Bob Rivers Ooh. and that sort of stuff, the BLM stuff, nice. 12 Pains of Christmas. And, mm. you know, love it's, that. It's kind of tradition. And 12 Pains of Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Rigging up these lights. Hangovers. I love that stuff. But uh, mostly I'm listening to um, more of these podcasts that are like serialized stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, Re- yeah. Really cool stuff. There's a lot out there you can. Yeah, there is a ton of stuff. And with my drive to and from work, it's it it helps me kill the time. Yeah, for sure. That's nice. Yeah. So that's what I'm listening to, and that's what we're all listening to. You ever heard of the Backstairs podcast? I have. I've listened a couple of times. Oh, it's it's a pretty good show. Mm. Yeah. But anyways, we're going back to Rachel. Rachel, sorry. (laughs) I just like that question. Yeah, that's good. good. Uh, What is a guilty pleasure musical of yours? Oh, Shrek the Musical, 100 million percent. Uh, <laughs> that and Into the Woods, those are my two faves. I love yeah. them. Yeah. I just watched Shrek the Musical on Netflix recently. It was awesome. So yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, I want I want to do that show so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Hint, hint out there, people. Common yeah. theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, comment uh, your, uh, when you're doing it and we'll, we'll yep. come out for yes, it. Yes, I would love to see that. Either Either try out or we'll just go to the show. Right. 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 And Into the Woods, either way. So I love Into the Woods. Me too. It's one of my favorites. So it's a tough one, but it's a good show. Uh, yeah. What's your favorite song from a musical? Ooh. All right. I'm just thinking about Shrek because I'm obsessed. I mean, the right answer would be I am Aldafo. But uh, I am Aldafo. <laughs> yeah, that's a fun one. I like when John sings that song. That's <laughs> Mm. Um, I and do love every morning in the shower. You hear John <laughs> singing. I am I want to be very clear. <laughs> that does not happen. No, we did a lot of Hassan and Pafef this past season. So that's yeah. in in the shower. 
John would, yeah, I would be upstairs. We have an open concept house, and he would be upstairs. I would be upstairs, and I go Hassan in the shower. He go Puffaf, and that's where <laughs> Puffaf came from. So, mm-hmm. uh, but my song, I do love um, from Shrek the Musical. What's the one that? It's the fairy tale creatures. What's the one we were? I was just talking about the other day. Story of my yeah, life. That's such a great. I love Pinocchio and that. That's such a great song. Nice. But I know it's today is such a such a great. I think Sutton Foster does a great job in that musical. So mm. she she's great. That's one of my faves. Yeah. Okay. What is uh? What do you get for a dream role or project as a whole? What? Shrek I mean, the now, musical. Now that, so, <laughs> Shrek the musical. I love Shrek the musical so much. Do you want to? You want a music direct Shrek? I love to play in it. Actually. You want to be? I want to be in the Fiona? orchestra for that. Oh, no, gosh, no Fiona. No. I mean, or Donkey, that would be fun. Or Pinocchio, I would play probably Pinocchio, maybe. But yeah. I, I would love to play in the pit orchestra again for Shrek. I think. Yeah. Or do Into the Woods again. I'm just obsessed about those two shows. I really don't know a lot of musicals. Really, those are Shrek keeps coming in my head. Yeah. Can but. we talk about? <laughs> can we talk about my campaign for you this year? What's that? I think that Rachel would make a perfect addition to the Misery play. Being, I think oh, she would yeah. kill it as the lead in Misery. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just think that she has, like, now that she's shown a little bit of her acting chops, I think, uh, man, I'm, I think she would kill it. Maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe. I think you could put your own spin on it, and I think it would be kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know the show. I have to read it. Read it. Uh, yeah, I would read it Watch first, it. for sure, right. because it's... Yeah, it's a movie, too, right? Kathy Bates. Well, Stephen King. Yeah, okay. yeah I'm very ignorant to these But things. I think that I've been, I've been telling everybody... <laughs> I could see that. Trying to put it, little seeds. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I, I think that Rachel would be great. Maybe we'll at watch it, John. Yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I would love to play in the Shrek musical. So, someone, please do Shrek the musical, please. Somebody, somebody out Just there for me, number one fans. So, we got one more question. Okay. And uh, here's the tough one. Oh boy, how do you build a community? Ooh. Okay. Um. Honesty. Mm. trusting behavior and communication I think are three big things oh. owning up to your behavior and why you act the way that you do and being real with people mm. and being cautious of them over yourself a lot of the time like when I when I try to cultivate a community with my 7th and 8th graders every time I act a certain way I always tell them why I'm acting a certain way and I'm always justifying why I do what I do and why I expect them to do certain things and mm. the reason behind that. So um, in any aspect of anything, I like to be real with people. I like to be open. I like to be loving um, and to follow, to follow the Lord with that. But, you know, I think in doing that, people can see, you know, a genuineness about you. And then, and then just communication is a huge thing I've noticed. I have a lot of people who yeah. I've dealt with that don't communicate well. And I've not, I have not communicated well on many occasions. So communication and trustworthy behavior, thinking of someone before yourself and just like being honest and open with people, I think is important. Mm. Well, so that's kind of, that's a great answer. Thank you. Uh, it really wasn't good. as tough yeah. as I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Very no, loaded. You nailed it. You nailed it. There. Thanks. So yeah. before we sign off, what you, you got anything else you want to say? Anything we missed? No, I'm, yeah. I, I think I'm just really thankful to be here today it was it was fun to talk about 
what I've done. I'm very surprised at how much I've done. So thank you for reliving that a little <laughs> bit for me. But I, I'm really excited to hopefully this, you know, this episode inspires someone to try to think about theater a little differently and maybe try music directing or become a musician. If you want to learn how to play an instrument, I'm happy to teach you how to do that because the Oxford Hills School Department teaches, pays me to do that. So, if cool. you, <laughs> but anyway, so as long no, as it's you're been between a blast. the ages of nine and 12. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a blast. I appreciate you guys. It's been really fun. Thanks for inviting me on. Super awesome. Well, thanks for coming. Yes. Yay. Yeah. Thank you. That's a great so episode. Fun. Really yeah. happy to have you. Thanks, dude. Look forward to playing along with you much more as the yeah. years go by. Yay. Can't wait. Yeah, as, as many years as I have left, you know, it's not that many. Oh, you're only 30. Chill out. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yes. A lot going a lot for you. Jeez. <laughs> what an old fat. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> He's not fat. Poor guy. But hey, don't forget <laughs> to check us out on all our social media pages that Janelle will tell you about at the end of the episode. For sure. For sure. Right. Uh, yeah. Leave a comment um asking um a, a question about uh scott's mustache Ooh, yeah <laughs> and uh the whole the whole patreon and the the uh, give us money thing that we joked about last week um we are we, selling we these cups joking <laughs> we're selling these cups um you you won't get them until after new year's mm-hmm. um they will be signed by the three of us, and we will auction and give pay them and buy the sell them off. You're going to pay the cups. That's nice. Of you. <laughs> <laughs> wow! They'll come with a season Aww. pass to the Backstairs Podcast. So. Oh. You can be a guest every episode. No, oh, they get to that. listen. Oh. <laughs> yeah, for free. Yeah, you have the, yes, for for free, for free. Right. on the app that they're paying for. Right. <laughs> We're, we're not but paying for their app. To, right. That, no, let's just make that no. clear right now. That it's, right. You have it's, to pay for the app? Well, you don't have to, but I feel like you're listening on like Spotify or Apple Music. And you don't want commercials. Like, oh. Wow. Ad free. Ad free. That's right. what you're paying for. No ads. Oh, good point. But we just did an ad for Dunkin' Donuts. We did. Um, <laughs> what was so, the other and, thing? Yeah, I want to do an ad for, what was the other company you mentioned? I just, oh man, now I'm going to forget Spotify? it. Spotify? No, there Bear, was a- Behringer. We, uh, we just got a Behringer unit. Um, Behringer wow. uh, for your cheap instrument needs. I had such a good idea for what we <laughs> could do. Behringer is not cheap. Commercial, and now I lost oh. it. Yeah. Oh, geez. This has been another episode of the Backstairs Podcast with John and Scott and Aaron and Rachel yeah. and Rachel. <laughs> the Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast. <laughs> this has been the backstairs podcast you can stream the audio or video format of this episode anywhere that you listen to your podcasts you can find us on facebook instagram and youtube at the backstairs podcast send us an email at the backstairs podcast at gmail.com redacted